the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Hope you all had a uh, safe uh, weekend and a memorable, uh, an importantly memorable uh, weekend, a meaningful weekend. Um, I was interesting reading about what people were doing over Memorial Day and what um, how people were celebrating. One of the things I, I don't know, did you see any more American flags than usual out this weekend? I still am marveling at the fact that I have seen neighborhoods with Ukrainian flags, but no American flags. I marvel at the fact that I live in a neighborhood where I am the only American flag on the block. In any event, I hope you had a, um, as I say, memorable and uh Meaningful weekend. We are back and uh, we are back at it. Uh, The big news today is, of course, Michael Sussman's uh, trial uh, where he was acquitted. Uh, This is um, something that has a lot of elements to it, and I don't want to overcomplicate it. Uh, Let me not overcomplicate it. Let me quote to you. Uh, from uh, a lawyer, uh, writer I like. The acquittal is no surprise. This is a D.C. jury after all. In the Roger Stone case, for example, uh, we documented how a juror lied to get on a panel and the judge didn't care. Making matters worse, the Sussman judge wrongly allowed for a woman to remain on the jury, despite the fact that her daughter and Sussman's daughter, the defendant's daughter, are on the same high school crew team. Uh, After the verdict was announced, the jury's forewoman held court before the media and expressed her displeasure that the special counsel uh, prosecution uh, statement uh, was even introduced to trial when she said, quote, there are bigger things that affect the nation than a possible lie to the FBI. That means the juror was never impartial, despite her assurances to the judge. We can go on and on about the effect of D.C. People can talk about changing a venue. I don't know that you could have changed the venue very easily. Um, changing a venue, as I generally understand it, we can talk to Brett about this tomorrow. As I generally understand change of venue, I, I didn't do a lot in that criminal field, is that there has to be a reason that you are in the new venue. There has to be some jurisdiction. I suppose in this case, if the choice is between uh, D.C. and California, you don't have uh, you don't. It, it's basically what one would call a Hobson's choice. The judge, of course, federal judge appointed uh, by Barack Obama, not always indicative of something. And I'm not a fan of saying, well, of course, what do you expect from a judge? Because that works in our favor, too. What do you expect from the judge in Florida who ended the mask mandate? She was a Donald Trump uh, appointee. That kind of argument is uh, it's it's relevant, but it's not. It's 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 not determinative. You have seen people cross lines. Uh, for example, Democrats uh, in Roe versus Wade, where one Democrat at least was in dissent, and Republicans uh, wrote the majority. Anyway, we can play that game all day long. There is one solution to this, and there is a as there is a solution to a lot of our thing, a lot of what ails us, a lot of our problems. They are not short term, and they are not short term fixes. 
And as you know, um, maybe as I've annoyed you with, every time a little bright spot of news hinges on some form of mechanical or technical victory, uh, I am very cautious that we celebrate too soon. So when it appeared and was confirmed that uh, Sussman had, you know, written to the FBI what he had written and this evidence came out late and everyone was uh, saying this is a big damn deal. It is a big damn deal, but it's not going to be big for the reasons we want it to be. We live, as I have said time and again, in a place I call opinion and principle hierarchy. Uh, That is to say um, that conservatives and Republicans are not going to be on the same keel in our society when it comes to courts or anything else, particularly media, courts or media. When it comes to courts or media, Republicans are not going to be treated the same way as Democrats. Think about Watergate for a moment. Greatest presidential scandal in uh, modern history? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you think about the, uh, the, the, the downwash from Watergate. Every scandal has gate attached to it. People often will compare to Nixon. The idea of a special prosecutor comes to fore. The idea of impeachment, the first president ever to resign from office. Um, the movies, the continued movies, my gosh, there's a movie right now uh, starring um, Julia Roberts still dealing with Watergate, still going after Nixon and and, um, and the team. OK, so you have Watergate. The president had no knowledge of forethought as to the break in of the Watergate Hotel. He had no knowledge. He didn't order it. He didn't direct it. He didn't know about it. His crimes were what? What were Nixon's crimes? Defending his juniors is what they were. That was what his crimes were. Think about the difference between him and Bill Clinton for a moment, just for a moment. Nixon was uh, trying to defend and protect his underlings after learning about that. Okay, now, different level of crime, uh, different level of problem. But when Bill Clinton was caught for lying under oath and perjury, he enlisted his staff to lie for him. Think about the differences right there, the moral difference right there. One was in trouble for protecting his staff. One was in very little trouble and none to speak of for um, for bringing his staff for uh, – what's the word I want to use? Uh, e- exploiting his staff to do his lying for him, to protect him, um, recruiting his staff to defend him. That's the world we live in. Now think about what is all involved in the Hillary Clinton campaign case and everything that fell from it. Far worse than Watergate. Far worse. Invented lies sold to the media to last throughout the four years of the Trump administration to, you know, diminish the legitimacy of the Trump presidency. And it got pretty much 80 percent. 80% agreement from the elite culture. Everyone from the Speaker of the House to former presidents would weigh in on the fact that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president because fraudulently elected because Russia, all invented by the Clinton team, including Hillary Clinton, who knew about it and distributed it to the media. Far worse than Watergate. And yet here we are, and she will skate. Probably. She will skate Probably. So, Seth, what are you saying? We just throw up our hands and live with this? Of course not. I'm saying we have to do the harder work, knowing that this is the elite culture that we have helped make 
Yes, we are responsible for help allowing this elite culture to take place primarily in our education system. We have to do the hard work. What's the hard work? Hard work is getting judges like we got in Florida. Hard work is getting senators and Republicans elected president to nominate federal judges that wouldn't put up with this nonsense. That's the hard work. Or the judge in Louisiana, the, the, uh, the judge in Louisiana on the other mandates. This is what is required. This is the hard work. It's the hard work. And there are a lot of elements to getting that hard work done. Remember when Barry Goldwater famously said, let's grow up, conservatives? It wasn't in 1964 uh, during his nomination speech. It was in 1960. In 1960, he made a little bit of an effort, not a big one. There was more of a recruitment effort on his behalf than his own interest. He made a little bit of an effort to challenge uh, Richard Nixon for the presidential nomination in 1960. Uh, The convention went overwhelmingly for Richard Nixon in 1960, and there was a lot of disappointment. There was a a ton of disappointment from the conservative movement, and that's when Barry Goldwater said, let's grow up conservatives, and then the next sentence is something along the lines of, and roll up our sleeves and put our shoulder to the wheel to elect Richard Nixon, the president. And I think sometimes... The Democrats got that message and the Republicans didn't. Look at – take this state. Take every state if you want, really. Any state that's in the news during primary season. Take any state in the news right now that you've read about with the primaries. It's all about um, which Republican is going to to triumph in the primary by dint of Donald Trump's endorsement or not. And he seems to have a pretty good record so far, although not an exclusively winning record on these things, for better or worse. That's the story. Why is that a story? That's a retail story. Why is it? What's the wholesale animation? What's the wholesale catalyst to that retail story? The fact that we don't have our act together in a lot of these cases and that we run really good candidates against each other. Why in one of the states was Donald Trump supporting one person and yet some personalities you hear on this radio show someone else? That shouldn't have to be the case. Oh, it's fine and perfectly legal and it speaks to a vibrant democracy, but it shouldn't have to be the case. You know why? You never see it with the Democrats. You never see it with the de- the Democrats do not write Republican talking points during their primaries. Republican write Republicans write Democratic Party talking points during their primaries. That's my pitch. Let's grow up conservatives and let's start acting like the party that keeps defeating us when the shades are closed and no one's looking. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. My monologue will be at the top of the second hour today. We will be right back. Let's grow up, conservatives. There's a lyric in that song, those three-day vacations become such a bore, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> if I'm not, is that, is that Matt or come Sunday? I think it's in Margaritaville, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I hope it wasn't a bore for you this weekend. Hope you got some meaningful, uh, meaningful things done and accomplished reading whatever it was. By the way, I'm curious to know if anyone saw the Top Gun movie in the audience. Almost everyone I know personally has seen it, um, and some of those persons are listeners, of course. But I wonder, I wonder if you've seen it and what your thoughts are. I'm told it's great, and I'm told it's a, um, it's great in part because of uh, not only entertainment value, but uh, the, the, what it represents. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it 
just a little from the reviews I've read and the times we're in in my monologue. Um, but uh, anyway, if you, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, I'm told the enemy is unnamed. Perfect. That's so Hollywood. So Hollywood. <laughs> Lest we offend, you know, where we can sell tickets. Tickets are what matter more than anything else, you know, not right or wrong, not up or down. Total moral neutrality. Anyway, you notice in the 80s that wasn't a problem. It wasn't. We all knew who the enemy was, and they all had no problem saying who the enemy was in any event. Um, the uh, Another big issue is the Biden administration. The president wrote an op-ed, President Joe Biden wrote an op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal on his um, his effort to address inflation, on what he's doing to address inflation. Uh, it tells me there's a big problem at the White House right now. When the president writes an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal on an issue like that, he's not breaking through. And if you're looking at the polling, it's it's gotten even worse than most of the major polls are showing, according to even uh, some of the internal polling I've seen from a few organizations. He's massively underwater, like the, sp- the spread is tremendous. Um, Henry Olson probably did the best job of responding to Joe Biden's op-ed. And I think Henry's right. And I think it means that we're in for a longer, um, a longer nightmare than we knew. In the Wall Street Journal, there are three parts to Biden's plan, Henry points out. Let the Federal Reserve do its job as first. Second, enact a series of micro-reforms to bring down prices in discrete economic segments such as housing and freight transport and prescription drugs. And third, bring down the federal deficit by raising taxes on corporations and the wealthy. That's it. That's the plan. Each part is either disingenuous or will prove ineffective. First, the Federal Reserve. It's basically... His take is an acknowledgement that the president doesn't legally and ought not morally dictate monetary policy. Central bank independence being a touchstone of modern monetary policy, lest politicians be tempted to turn on the money spigots to juice the economy before any given election year. When Biden criticizes his predecessors for trying to improperly influence Fed decisions, he's saying that controlling monetary policy is outside of his control. That might be correct, but it's not a presidential plan to fight inflation. It's just stating that he doesn't want to use levers others have. It's not a plan. It's a statement of his disposition. The second part of Biden's plan is a recognition that it's a bad political look for the president to stand aside on the issue dominating every voter's conscience uh, five months before the midterms. So we must have action. To reduce prices sounds good until you look at the specifics. His proposed solution to higher housing prices, for example, is to pass an act called the Housing Supply Action Plan, which he claims will close the housing shortfall within five years. It's a long time from now. It's a long time from now. So passing the plan would do nothing to reduce inflation pressures for the next half decade. That's what you call passing the buck, not fighting the problem in front of you. His other specific ideas are laughable. He wants to crack down on energy prices by passing clean energy tax credits, which will do nothing to reduce prices at the pump or even significantly cut electricity bills. Allowing the feds to negotiate with pharmaceutical companies for drug prices might help cut 
drug costs, but they aren't driving the inflation anyway. The most recent inflation report shows that the the prescription drug prices rose less than 2% in the last year, which is well below the 8.5% of the overall inflation rate. It's, again, addressing the small thing as an avoidance of addressing the harder and the big thing. Increasing subsidies for child and elder care would likely actually increase inflation in the short term as new federal money would increase demand without hiking supply. That's a traditional recipe for more inflation and improving infrastructure. Another one of his ideas would take years and could also aggregate inflation by adding to transportation tie-ups as roads, bridges, and other improved structures are closed for upgrades. Try driving on Camelback Avenue these days and tell me all that construction is helping anyone, anyone right now. I don't know what the ultimate plan is. I don't even know why they're doing it. My own, my own surmise is Camelback was moving along just fine. Just fine. My own surmise is they got a lot of money and people need to spend, you know, a lot of money was dumped on these <laughs> on these things and they have to spend it. With the first Obama stimulus, I remember some friends, the Department of Education, U.S. Department of Education sent me an internal email from the Secretary of Education, oh, Arnie Duncan, yeah, Arnie Duncan saying, uh, find us ways to spend this money. That's a highly irresponsible thing to say. Find me ways to spend this money. When Bill Bennett was Secretary of Education, he always proposed lower budgets than Congress had proposed in writing their budgets. Those lower budgets never eventuated. Biden's third idea to reduce the deficit is to say inflation is largely the result of the federal government increasing the money supply to record levels during the pandemic. It did this by approving multi-trillion dollar deficits mostly purchased by the feds, the Federal Reserve. Since the Fed doesn't have trillions of dollars of deposits, it effectively printed the money, which was then dispersed to the rest of the country. Reducing the deficit then would reduce the amount of money the Fed prints to finance its bond purchases, thereby slowing the growth of the money supply. But the problem is that he's relying on tax increases exclusively and other revenue hikes, which are taxes, without any spending restraints to cut the annual deficit. Hiking taxes on corporations and businesses means they will have less money to handle soaring inflation. That would make it more difficult to pay workers higher wages to match the rising prices, which means business and ordinary workers would have to sacrifice if Biden got his way. This is so simple, you wonder how anyone smart could even ever believe otherwise. Meanwhile, the new revenue from the higher taxes would likely be used to pay for the new proposed programs, which will do nothing to touch, as we said, inflation anywhere within the next half decade. Anyway, there's your president lost at sea. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Speaking of inflation and the economy, if you are looking to protect your retirement investments and your retirement income, given all the problems with the economy, we will 
offer up the Midas Gold Group if precious metals is part of what you're looking for to back up your investments because gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. And I love the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Give them a call to talk about safeguarding your wealth with physical gold or other precious metals. I own gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. Don't wait until inflation or recession robs you of your savings or the liberal policies damage financial markets even further. Check check out the folks at the Midas Gold Group, MidasGoldGroup.com, or give them a call at 480-360-3000. Okay, here, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting. I usually don't like uh, stories about um, the internals, uh, mainstream stories I usually don't like about the internal uh, issues in a White House that are taking place because they're usually based they're usually based on someone leaking and angling in the leak. It's usually a very self-serving story for someone, and the media is just often way, way too willing to go along with it. Like, for example, uh, you remember that guy at the New York Times, a highly – what was he? A highly placed senior administration official wrote a piece for the New York Times under the name Anonymous – um, and uh, it was all about how we adults in the room are saving the country from the presidency of Donald Trump. And his name finally came out. Not only was it a name no one heard of, it was a position no one knew existed. Uh, reporters are way too, way, 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 way too uh, subject to that kind of nonsense for their own perspective. But this is an interesting story out of NBC. This one's a little different, um, and you'll see why if you'll let me go through it with you about the problems uh, at the White House right now. Uh, it's uh, it's called Inside a Biden White House Adrift. Three are, uh, three are authors to this piece at, the, at NBC. By the way, pause on that for a moment. Have you noticed more and more news stories with not just one byline, but two, and not just two, but sometimes three? The New York Times loves, loves to do stories with three and four person bylines. I have no idea. I have no... I have... I have a lot of experience writing ghostwriting op-eds, writing op-eds, and even sometimes jointly authored and co-authored op-eds between two pe- or among two people. I don't know how you do it with three or four. Two is hard enough. The going back and forth between two is hard enough. Three and four, I have no idea how they do it. No idea. doesn't matter. Uh, process problem. Uh, speculation is churning that Biden could shake up the West Wing staff Although that's not about to happen right away, NBC reports. Multiple people close to the White House said they've heard that Chief of Staff Ron Klain will depart at some point after the midterms, and one has heard him discuss leaving. Well, I, nothing, nothing, nothing breaking there, except, except my own internal thinking that Ron Klain might be be the kind of Democrat you actually want there. You know, he's kind of he he's not of the woke group. The idea that he's leaving, you know, the better the devil, you know, I don't mean to call him a devil, but you know what I mean? You, you take my point. Now, the next thing is really interesting. Should Klain go a potential successor is Anita Dunn. A White House advisor and Biden confident, whom he often turns to when his fortunes look bleak. Dunn began working at the White House at the start of the term, then left and returned in early May at Biden's specific request. 
No woman or person of color has ever been the White House chief of staff since the position was created after World War II. Almost kind of tells you that job's Anita Dunn's or a person of color. She's not. I have a lot more to say about this. And if the name sounds familiar, if Anita Dunn's name sounds eerily somehow familiar, I'll remind you why you know it when we come back. 602-508-0960 as we go to break put in a word for balance of nature i've upped my dose a little bit as i'm trying to get some new personal records and i'm hitting those person i love balance of nature 100 percent natural fruits and veggies in one daily dose you get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole veggies they've got a great deal right now if you sign up balanceofnature.com discount code balance to improve your health improve your immunity, and boost your energy, all natural with nothing but fruits and veggies. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Be right back. Thank you, Thano and Dimitri Sanas. Beautiful. Never on a Sunday. For those of you looking for a wonderful investment opportunity, I'm talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Check out my friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi helps people to dig out a debt and doing it the right way by, you know, doing the right thing, which is you know, paying off the debts and allows them to do so with dignity, even getting their FICO scores fixed along the way. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by great people who are doing great themselves by helping others, figuring out how they can help others. And you can too. These investment endorsements are pretty rare for me because I'm very cautious about these things. I've met these folks. I have seen what they do and I love them. I would never endorse a product or an investment that I didn't believe in. I believe in this. What more can I say? Check them out yourself at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com or call 855-316-3087. They're local. You can visit them as I have and uh, you won't even get a sales pitch. Uh, They just will talk about what they do and let it speak for itself. Again, investyrefi.com. Okay, this story about a White House shakeup uh, at NBC that I've been reading to you. So I'll just repeat. Um, Should Ron Klain go, he's the current chief of staff, a potential successor is Anita Dunn, White House advisor, da-da-da-da-da. Then the new NBC story says, no woman or person of color has ever been the White House chief of staff since the position was created after World War II. Obviously, an important position, uh, maybe maybe the most important position in, in the White House uh, to one degree or another. But if you're thinking about representing, you know, some kind of minority status there, tell me the last time. Tell me what Ron Klain looks like. Would any of you know who Ron Klain is if he walked into a room? Can any of you name for me? Uh, well, yeah, give it a whirl. Name for me the chief of staff to Donald Trump or Barack Obama. Name me one. These people usually play, the better they are, the more behind the scenes they are. The better the better they are, the more, the, 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 that's kind of the job. So I don't know what the point is 
other than bragging rights of some kind or another. Enter Dennis Prager at this point to say something like, boy, it never dawned on me to think that women's rights or minority rights would be highly improved if we could just say, man, one of us became a chief of staff. That's what's been missing in this country. I mean, you want to play this game. We did it with the vice president. How'd it work out? You got both. You both, You got the minority and the female uh, characteristics for that. It was it was uh, promoted as a great moment, great um, great thing for young women and people of uh, minority status to look up to. Uh, another glass ceiling shattered, uh, and a new era turned. All based on Kamala's nothing she had anything to do with. No achievement she had anything to do with. No effort she had anything to do with. All basically by theoretically act. If you want, accident of birth. Accident of birth. And how's that worked out? You say she she is going to do great because of these attributes. Now what happens when she fails? And I think everyone pretty universally thinks she's a failure. What happens when she fails? Do they have anything to do with the attributes? This is the problem. This is the problem of using those attributes in place of ability, merit, proof, history, anything else. That's the problem. And that's why Shelby still uses the phrase uh, that he does in his book, The Content of Our Character, of talking about these race-based and affirmative, these race and gender-based affirmative action programs, the permanent stigma of inferiority, or the stigma of what he calls the stigma of permanent inferiority. Because you, you know, you make those immutable characteristics the reason for their success, and when they fail, if they fail, when they fail, what do you got to say for yourself? Well, I got here because of this. Well, did you fail because of that? That is the training that we are putting our society through with this game. No woman or person of color has, has ever been the White House chief of staff. It doesn't seem to me that Joe Biden's problem is that he has a white male as his chief of staff. It just seems to me that's not the problem. Bill Clinton, aside from his own moral failings, people look back and say was a fairly, fairly successful presidency. Fairly successful. I think he only had white males as his chief of staff. I, I just don't I, – I don't think there's a cause and I don't think there's a correlation. I think it should be fully ignored, quite frankly. That having been said, if the name Anita Dunn does ring a bell – it's going to take you back to the Barack Obama administration. She was his communications director for a little bit. Do you remember why she resigned? Remember why Anita Dunn resigned? Because she gave a speech. Remember what she said in the speech? Her two favorite philosophers are Mother Teresa and Mao Zedong. I don't care what she meant by that. I don't care the cavils and corrections and defenses she meant by that. It's a man with probably 45, 50 million deaths on his hands. You don't say that. And if there's a window into your thinking that you think it's okay to say that, that tells you almost everything you need to know about that person's A, political wisdom, and B, moral center and moral universe. Why would you bring in someone to make political corrections who makes speeches like that and then thinks they're defensible? Why would you put someone like that within 
a mile of the White House if they think that in the first place. I mean, there's a lot of places you can go for inspiration. A lot. Mao Zedong, I just don't think should be one of them. Anyway, other possible replacements, according to NBC, include Steve Roschetti, a longtime Biden aide who is counselor to the president, and Susan Rice, the domestic policy chief of staff. Watch for that one to be the one. A lot of us have thought Susan Rice is pretty much the person running the White House right now. She's domestic policy counsel, but foreign policy was her craft in the Biden administration, excuse me, in the Obama administration. And then guess what else is, who else is being considered? Guess who else? Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe is being considered. These people just never, Anita Dunn doesn't go away. Joe Biden doesn't go away. Terry McAuliffe doesn't go away. These people just don't go away. Say what you want about the Republican Party and its problems that I said in the second segment of this hour. But at least at long last, we have finally decided to turn some corners on legacies as if we're some kind of dynasty. Look at Texas, where they defeated George P. Bush in the run for attorney general as probably the last we'll hear of a Bush running for public office. We should be a bigger party than that. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, I've done something this election season I have not done as much of in the past, which is actually opening and reading these fundraising emails from prominent Democrats. I got on some list, and rather than unsubscribe, I found a lot to learn from keeping subscribed to these email fundraising lists. The one that comes to me the most is Nancy Pelosi's. It says it's... From Nancy Pelosi, like she emailed me. My final ask, Stuart. They think I'm Stuart. Uh, We know it's obviously not from her. But I just want you to keep in mind the text of this email I'm going to read to you when you think about who's actually uh, polluting uh, the political dialogue. This is obviously not something that makes a lot of news. But when you talk about healing the nation uh, and, you know, talking uh, more civilly with one another, if you believe in civil discourse, Uh, If you want to return to a sense of normalcy, uh, this is what Nancy Pelosi's team is writing. I asked yesterday. I asked this morning. This is my final ask of you before tonight's massive end-of-month deadline. With only six hours left, I now need just one more gift from the 91302 area code before midnight to outraise Republicans, crush their hopes of winning this election, and hand them the most humiliating defeat in modern history. All of those words, crush and humiliating, are in all caps. Crush crush Republicans and give them a humiliating defeat. Will your gift be the one to put me over the top? I can't wait to see the panic. This is incredible. I can't wait to see the panicked look on McConnell and McCarthy's faces when they discover we've outraised them and ruined their chances of taking our Democratic majorities. That's a lot of strong language for a party that wants to campaign on being more civil with civil dialogue. Crush and humiliate, hoping to see panicked looks on McConnell and McCarthy's faces. Last names only, of course. Their first names would be way too kind, decent, and familiar. Um, Then I always like these taglines as well. Nancy is working tirelessly to undo Trump and Republicans' horrific damage. 
horrific damage. She's counting on you to stick with her for the long haul. Um, there's a lot to say about this, but I just find it interesting. And these are the things the news will never pick up. This is the fuel that the de- every Democrat is getting. The, every Democrat that has ever given a penny to anyone is getting these emails. And they're being fed a steady diet of needing to, to use Nancy Pelosi's words, crush and humiliate Republicans. Crush and humiliate. Civil dialogue. Next time I hear a panel on civil dialogue, I'm going to ask them to address Nancy Pelosi's fundraisings as an example of this is the problem, folks. You want to deal with all the artificial stuff. This is the real stuff. This is going out to millions and millions of people, most of whom believe it. Monologue coming right up. If you're on hold, we will get to you shortly. I am Seth. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 